0: Hey, let's give a hand to Steve and Cynthia Navarro. Yep, I'm just telling you, they're married, so it wasn't weird, okay? It wasn't weird up here. Uh, But what a great way to kind of kick off this series of looking at every decade of music that you and I have been alive has really sung about some of the most mountaintop experiences you can have, which is in and around love and marriage and relationships, and also some of the lowest experiences we have. Aren't they in and around love and relationships and marriage? That's why what we're talking about is so important. It's like marriage is hard. As Scripture says, it's two people, individuals created uniquely by God, joining each other on a soul level and becoming one. And and I'll just tell you, it only works right when both people give up 100% of their dreams, their hopes, and their desires for the sake of the other person. That's what's so hard about it. And that doesn't mean you give up your identity and you cease to become um, who you are. It just means for for this to work, two people have to give up 100% of their dreams, desires, and, and hopes for the sake of the other person. That's why this is so hard. And that's why I don't believe marriage works right unless we connect with God in such a way that he gives us the strength to do that. We need God's intervention to live that out. And so this series is really designed um, with a focus on married people. But in all reality, it is for all relationships um, that we have with someone else, especially those that are that are are marriage related and are intimate. Like this is really kind of geared towards that. So I want to say this. If you're married and you're in the room right now, I want you to lean in because I believe God has something for you that's going to change your marriage. Um, It'll change your life, and and, and I believe that he wants to change your marriage. Um, For those of you that are single and you want to have a lifelong marriage someday, I just want you to not just lean in. I want you to take notes because what we're talking about will set you up for a future that you dream about in your head that you hope happens. And for those of you that find yourself um, single again, um, and, and you are in a place where you're like, I want to do things different this next time. Um, I believe that, that what God wants to share with you over the next five weeks will really give you some tools so that the next time is very, very different than the last time. And then this, I'll say this to those of you that are younger in the room. If you're in high school or, or you're in junior high and someday um, you want to date uh, and someday you want to you have a spouse and a family, I just want to tell you this series is, is incredible for you to learn at that age and apply the principles that we're going to talk about. It will really um, set you up for the kind of future that you're hoping to have someday. Uh, So I just want to say this, it's going to be a fun, meaningful journey. Um, And I really believe that there's going to be marriages that are going to be saved over the next five weeks. I believe that's what Jesus wants to do. That's because some of you came in here and and your marriage is on life support and and you know it and you don't know what to do. Well, I believe God wants to speak into that and he wants to save your marriage. Um, For those of you that came in here with a good relationship, a good marriage, I believe God wants to make it a great marriage. Um, I, I believe that God wants to take every single marriage and relationship that's represented in this room and, and not just bump it up a little bit down the field, but I believe he wants to, wants to send it all the way down the field. I believe he has great plans for us. And just to invite him to do that starting today on through the next four weeks, I want to pray for us before we do anything else. Um, dear Lord, I, you know right where each one of us um, is at in our, um, in our marriage, uh, in our dating relationship um, uh, right now. Lord, you know how we really feel. You know how how we really feel on the inside. And then you also know what we say on the outside that might not match how we feel. Um, Lord, you also know uh, the dreams and the plans that you have for us in putting us together in relationships like this. And so, God, I just pray that starting right now, you would just begin to tear down any walls um, that have just kind of worked their way around our hearts. Um, that might keep us from hearing your voice. Um, Lord, would you open our minds to hearing that gentle nudge and that gentle whisper that, 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 that you speak to us with so that you might change the trajectory um, of our life, of our, our families, of our marriages. Um, God, you just have such big plans. I just invite you to do all of those. Fill up this room with your presence so that we might hear your voice and, and respond immediately. Um, and God, I just, I thank you for today and thank you for everyone that's here in your holy name. Amen. Um, now there is a large part of this, um, series that is going to be taught on video. Um, by Dave and Ann Wilson and I want to give you that a heads up up front because we typically don't show video messages very much but uh, we want to for this series not every week but a, a number of the weeks we want to use um, these video messages and there's a few reasons why I just want you to know one is Dave and Ann Wilson um, who is going you're going to be hearing from today on video uh, I've known them for 27 years been close with them they started Kensington up in Michigan 29 years ago and uh, I just want to tell you knowing them for that long they the real deal. They're great friends of mine and I, I think that they have so much to offer us that, that you know I don't have to offer because of their decades of marriage, but also their expertise in this area. Um, two, another reason why we want to use them speaking to us is they are two of the top communicators in the country on marriage. Um, it's what they were, they're on earth to do. There's nobody that I know that does a better job of speaking about this than Dave and Ann Wilson. In fact, they do They do a weekly uh, radio program with Family life. And they actually recorded these messages specifically for us to speak to you and to speak to me. And then lastly, why we want you to hear from them is because this series is based on a book called Vertical Marriage. And uh, Dave and Ann are the authors. And we're like, okay, who better to hear from on a series based on a book than the actual authors who wrote it. And I want to tell you, this, this book is, is for sale in the lobby. You can buy it with cash or credit card. Um, it's $15. And uh, I just want to say this to you. Uh, I've been reading it for the last couple of weeks. I know Dave and Ann. I know every story they possibly can tell on this topic, and it's still one of the best books on marriage I've ever read. And so, I can't encourage you enough to go and grab this in the lobby. And then, lastly, is this this is a special series because we're doing what we call a church wide study along with it, where we're inviting you to be in an actual small group um, some other night of the week than uh, this morning, where you are connecting with other people, um, both single and married. We have married groups and singles groups, um, where you're able to connect on another night of the week and kind of download what we talk about on Sundays and kind of drive it deep into your soul and kind of discuss it with other people that are kind of in the same boat wanting to work on the most important human relationship that that we have on this planet and so uh if you want to do that i want to encourage you to do that stop by the starting point area and talk to bill malott he's got a list of the small groups we're actually launching five brand new groups with this series um, because so many people have jumped on board and i'm sure there's a night and a time that will work specifically and perfectly for you all right so so with that um Today is titled, I've Lost My Feelings for You, and uh, you're going to hear a song in just a minute, and then you're going to hear from Dave and Ann really sharing one of the most difficult um, struggles they had early in their marriage, and then 10 years into their marriage, which just really embodies this, I've lost my feelings for you, and maybe you've said that to somebody, or you've had that said to you, but it really does encapsulate how sometimes we feel, especially in marriage relationships, and I'm excited for you to hear from them in just a minute, but before we do that, we are going to do a what we call the Kensington Crunch. Believe it or not, there's still people driving in and coming in in the next few minutes. So I want to ask you to stand up, say hello to some people around you, crunch into the middle, leave the ends of your rows open, and then, uh, and then uh, answer, uh, who did you enjoy watching the Super Bowl last week?
1: take much more than promises this time. Only God can change our mind Maybe you and I were never meant to be complete. Could we just be
2: Before we got married, we actually thought marriage would be easy.
3: I mean, how hard can it be, right?
2: I mean, we went to this marriage conference two weeks before our wedding. So we're engaged. We're sitting there with like a thousand couples
3: and these people are taking notes, like furiously taking notes. And we're thinking, why are they taking notes?
2: Yeah, we actually thought, I mean, we're in love. We love, we love Jesus. Jesus. We're sort of perfect. I mean, how hard can it be? And Not then the perfect heart. Yeah, right. But then, then we get married. And we find out, oh my gosh, this is one of the hardest things we've ever done. Six months after the, our wedding, we're driving to Nebraska for our first job, and we're we're in this mammoth fight again.
3: <laughs> We'd only been married six months, but I can remember looking at Dave in the car, you guys, and thinking, I don't even like him. No,
2: she shouted.
3: Well, then she I shouted. Sh- then I shouted, marrying you was the biggest mistake of my life. And
2: I'm driving, and I'm like. You got that right. We should have never done this. What were we thinking? I mean, this is six months after the most glorious love day of our life being you yeah, know, a, a I new would, married couple.
3: I would have said there is nothing about Dave Wilson that I don't like. I mean, I loved everything about him.
2: But six months later, right. there was nothing she liked. And I felt the exact same way. In fact, we go to our first job maybe three months later. We're fighting every day, every night. I mean, literally into the wee hours of the night, I get up out of bed because we're not sleeping. We're fighting. And I just go downstairs and I open the Bible and I'm like, God, I need help. We need help.
3: Well, and I wake up, he's not in bed. And so I go looking for him and I find him in this office on his knees with the Bible on the couch. And I'm like, good, you need to be in the Bible. So I say to him, like, what, what are you doing? What's going on? <laughs>
2: So I'm like, uh, you know, I'm reading in Philippians, and it yeah. says to live is Christ, to die is gain.
3: So then he says to me, I'm sitting here reading this, and I'm thinking, I told God I'd rather be dead, God, than to be married to you. I'm like, who says that out loud? Yeah,
2: I can't believe I actually said it out loud. We were counseled by somebody at the time. It's like, you share every little thought you ever had. That's that's bad counseling. That's bad. But I did. I shared that with her that I just prayed to, to be out of here because... I mean, I, it sounds funny now, and you were probably laughing, but in that moment, that's... It was that's, awful. I mean, I was desperate. It was that bad. And yet, here's the amazing thing. Our first job, were the chaplain for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, so immediately the Cornhusker athletes who were married asked us to lead a marriage study for them.
3: And we're like, what are we going to tell them? We don't even like each other. <laughs> but then we pulled that manual out of the, co- of the conference that we went to and we were like, maybe we could teach this.
2: And we started teaching it and I don't know if we helped anybody's marriage there, but we helped ours. Yeah, we did. And God showed up and we put him first in our marriage and we went on with our life. We ended up moving to Detroit to be the Detroit Lions chaplain and uh, did that for 33 seasons, by the way. In fact, I'll tell you, I didn't know this until a couple months ago. A guy in our church sent us an email. I don't know why he decided he wanted to do this. But he said, hey, just did some research. Just wanted to let you know that Dave Wilson is the losingest chaplain in the history of the NFL. <laughs> 317 <laughs> losses I've been a part of. But anyway, so, we, you know, we come to Detroit. We help start this church called Kensington. And amazing things start to happen. And I think we're doing great. And our marriage is doing great. And we get to year 10. And we go out on this 10-year anniversary date that we're going to show you a video of that night, of that story. And I want you to watch this and look for symptoms of what was wrong in our marriage. I couldn't see these, and yet it was right there in front of us. And what's amazing is that God shows up on this date and literally changes the rest of our life.
3: Marrying Dave Wilson was the most exciting thing I could even imagine. I just had these pictures in my head of what Dave was going to be like. He's the hottest, most godly. He's going to lead me spiritually. It was the most anticipated thing of my life to marry him.
2: I was married 10 years, and then we started embarking on the dream of our life which was starting this church.
3: We just had this vision of wanting God to do something great in terms of reaching people. Couldn't
2: believe that God would use us to reach thousands for Christ and it was an absolute dream come true.
3: The dream started to become a reality, but it was becoming a very difficult reality.
2: I basically got two or three jobs going all at the same time, trying to be a dad, trying to be a husband, trying to live my dream of starting, help starting this church. He was
3: gone more and more and more.
2: I'm at the same time the Detroit Lions chaplain, so I'm leading Bible studies, I'm on the road with the team.
3: And I would say things like, honey, you've got to be here, like the boys are growing up, I need you, the boys need you. I'm longing to spend time with you and he's like, "Oh, I know."
2: I thought I was doing great as a husband, as a dad. I preach this stuff. I know you know what the Bible says about marriage and I'm I'm not perfect, but I'm living it pretty good and we've got a pretty good marriage. I would put my marriage up against anybody's.
3: He would walk out the door and I'd be like, "Wait, you're leaving again tonight?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, don't you remember I had this meeting and then I have to go here and I have to speak to these people?" And I'd be like, "Whatever." Great, you know what? I'll put the boys to bed by myself again. That's great, honey See ya.
2: I would have said to you, on a scale of 1 to 10, my marriage is probably a 10. If not a 10, it's a 9.8. And I guarantee you my wife would
3: agree. And I would have probably said, we're a 1. Maybe like a .5. Um, and I think he was totally clueless to that. Which then, that made me even more angry. Because I'm thinking, how do you not know how bad we're doing?
2: May 24, 1990 was our 10 year anniversary and I sort of surprised Ann with a 10 year anniversary date. We dressed up, and went to a really nice restaurant and I sort of set it up with the waiter while we were having dinner when I would cue him, to sort of give him a look, he was supposed to bring a rose over. And so I cued him early in the dinner and he brought over a rose and laid it on the table and we talked about year one.
3: He was like a little boy that night, like waiting for the next thing to happen.
2: And I looked over later, and he brought another rose. So anyway, every rose was a year, and we would talk about that year.
3: He was so sweet. He even planned what he was going to say when each rose arrived.
2: On the way home, I thought it would be pretty cool to uh, park in the parking lot where we were about to start our church, and Ann hadn't even seen this, so I thought it would be pretty cool to park there, maybe pray about what God could possibly do. And to be totally honest with you, I thought we should just park.
3: I know Dave Wilson. I knew that there was like this ulterior motive where it's was like, yeah, we're going to park here and, you know, he's all about the parking part. And so um, I kind of knew that was coming.
2: So I leaned over to kiss Anne and uh, as I, you know, lean over to kiss her in the passenger seat, she sort of pulls away.
3: Uh, I just was like, I can't even, honey, I, I, in my head, I was thinking I cannot even go there.
2: So I pull back and I look at her and I say, is something wrong? She looks at me. I'll never forget this. And she goes, well, yeah, there is something wrong. And I'm like, what's wrong? And she says, well, to be honest with you, I've lost my feelings for you. So I'm sitting in the car when Ann says that. And I mean, I'm devastated. I have no idea. And so I turned to her and said, so what do you mean?
3: This was so hard. And so I started to tell Dave what had been going on in my heart. And I was broken, and I was lost, and I had nothing. And I just said, I just have nothing. Like, I have no feelings. I started out being so angry that you were gone all the time. And then my anger turned to bitterness, and then my bitterness turned to resentment. And then that resentment turned to numbness, and I have nothing left. I don't know what to do, and I don't know where to go from here.
2: So here's the amazing thing, is I was sitting there, you know, it's sort of like this, in yeah. the front seat of a Honda Accord, and she starts to share what's really going on in her heart.
3: And, and I honestly thought, here it comes. We're going to get in this big fight again, because this is what we always do. He's going to get mad and defensive, and we'll go, we'll go nowhere.
2: And that's almost where it went. But here's what happened, which was somewhat miraculous, well, really miraculous. As Anne was talking to me about our relationship, I felt like I heard the voice of God. Now, it wasn't like an audible voice. The dome light in our car didn't flicker or anything. It was just a strong impression. If the Holy Spirit of God lives in us, can he speak to us? Yes. And that's what God did. And so as Ann was talking, the first thing I heard God say was this, shut up and listen. I mean, that's how God directly said it, shut <laughs> up and listen. Because I was re- actually reaching into the back seat of our car. I had our day planner there where I wrote down our schedule and I was going to pull it out and open it up. This is what I always did in conflict and prove she was wrong. I was home and I was home this night. And so I, I literally was turning like this to grab the day planner when I heard God say, shut up and listen. So I just went like this and I didn't say a word and she continued to share her heart. And then I heard God say one more word and it was really clear. And it was this repent, repent, heard him say it three times, repent. And here's the amazing thing. I knew in one word from God what repent meant. Now, Ann didn't know any of this was going on. Well, And I
3: had finished telling him, too, like, you're always gone. You're never here. We're not a priority. We don't feel like you're invested in us. Your work and your job and all of that has become a priority. And so when he didn't grab his planner and he started listening, like really listening, I could tell God was doing something.
2: And here's what repent meant. I knew it meant this. If this vertical relationship with me isn't first, this will never work. You've got to return back to your first love. And so what happened is, you know, I hear this clear message from God. Now and I know what exactly I'm hearing, but I just said to her, I said, you know, we need to talk about this and there's a lot we need to talk about, but before we do, I need to do something, and I need to do it right now. And so I felt like I wanted to be on my knees. I don't always pray on my knees, but I wanted my posture to be one of full submission and surrender. So to this day, I don't know how I did it in the front seat of a Honda Accord, but I you know, pushed the, the, the driver's seat back, and I turned around. The steering wheel was in my back, and I just put my elbows on the on the seat, and I just prayed, and I said, God, I'm lukewarm. I have lost my first love for you, and I, I'm asking you to be, I'm putting you first in my life, and I'm asking you to make me the husband and dad you called me to be, and I'm asking you to restore our marriage. You are number one in my life. Help us. Right here, right now. And I ended that prayer and I thought, okay, now we're going to talk. And I turn and I see Ann on her
3: knees. Well, it's so crazy when Dave, I was shocked when he, first of all, that he could even get on his knees in a Honda and have a steering wheel in his back. But when he got on his knees and he didn't respond in anger, the Bible says in Proverbs, a gentle answer turns away wrath. And he was real gentle. He was listening and he did that. And my heart was like so broken and convicted when he started to pray out loud. Because I started to remember and think like how my mind had been going. Hmm. I started to think when all this was happening like if Dave would just get his stuff together I would be happy. And I realized that Dave had become like the center of my life instead of God. That thinking that if our marriage was great I would be great. And Dave was never built or made to fulfill and meet all of my needs. He can't do that. And I had taken my eyes off of Jesus, and I had put them on him, and all I could do is see his flaws. And so I was so convicted, and I got down on my knees in the Honda, and I said the same prayer, really, that Dave said was, but a little different, like, God, I've made Dave in my marriage the entire focus of my life. And you are the one that's supposed to be number one. So I surrender to you. I put you back in control. And at the very center, I give you everything. I give you this marriage. And I don't want Dave to be my fulfillment. I want you to be my fulfillment.
2: And here's the amazing thing about vertical marriage. And it's really the whole idea is that the only way the horizontal marriage relationship, and really any relationship is going to work, is if you go vertical first. When this is in place, our relationship with God, this can work. And so here's the amazing truth, and we tried to put it in the book, and we've been trying to teach this for the last 30 years, is that so often in relationships, it could be a single relationship, it could be a married relationship, it could be your relationship with your kids, but just apply it to marriage. Think about this. So often we marry the person we think will bring us life, bring us happiness, bring us joy. That's why we marry them. They're going to bring me what I want in life. And then you get married, and this happens to almost every marriage, is at some point you're disappointed. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: It's like you're let down at some point. It could be six years into the marriage. It could be six minutes into the marriage. It could be six months. But it'll it'll happen to almost everyone, and here's what we think at that point. We think, well, I married the wrong person. I thought that, and I think Anne thought Oh,
3: I was like, the right person is out there. I better go find them.
2: Yeah, her old boyfriend, right? He was a loser. Anyway, so it was like that. you think that person's out there, but here's the thing we think we married the wrong person this this is the secret even the subtitle of our book the secret that'll change your marriage here's the secret we think we married the wrong person but we're actually looking in the wrong place see we're trying to find life horizontal from a person from an amount of money from a from a job from a thing we do that in everything and and god the whole time said no no no. you'll never find joy real joy true joy true peace true happiness true hope here it it, it comes from god it's vertical it's not going to be found horizontal and so we have to take our eyes off of each other and say okay god i want to find life from you and let me tell you when you and i find life from jesus it changes everything because now we come back to our marriage vertical marriage means this we don't come back demanding that they give us what we need we come back what i'm filled." God has given me what I need now I come back as a servant, as a giver to a marriage to serve her, to serve him and, and to love them as Christ has loved us that 's the whole idea of and marriage
3: le- and let me add this: Your spouse may not be at that point where they 're ready to do that. you know maybe this is about you, so put your eyes on yourself and think. Where am I in this situation? I'm not going to think about what he's doing or she's doing. This is about me and my relationship with God. And so you can even do that. If I, we'd love for you to do it as a couple, but maybe you're single, and maybe you're just saying, I want God to be first. You can do that even by yourself.
2: And here's the amazing thing. You know me, I came up with a cute little way to say this. But it's like we're all thirsty for something. We're all looking for someone or something to fill us up. And so here, here's the truth. When we go vertical first, God quenches our thirst. <laughs> oh, that that's good? Good. You like that? You haven't I even heard that one. Haven't, yet, have you? I haven't. When we go vertical first, God quenches our thirst, and it really is the only way we're going to find the life we really are longing for mm-hmm. is finding it from Jesus. So let me let me uh, take you to a passage in the Bible that I find really descriptive in how we live. Uh, God is speaking to His people in the Old Testament through a prophet, Jeremiah, and He's saying something that's very interesting. I'll read it to you. It's Jeremiah two verse twelve. He says, "Be appalled at this." you heavens and shudder with great horror. So right away you're like, be appalled at what? I mean, what have these people done? Look at this. It says, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water.
3: It's interesting. We've been to Israel before, and because that can be a real dry area, they would di- build a cistern. That's actually what it is. It's like a big clay. It could be a pot kind of looking thing, or it can be really big, but they would store water there for future use.
2: But it leaked. Right. And that's what God is saying. Is like, you've tainted What I can give you vertically, you know, that's why he says, be appalled at this. You know I'm the spring of living water, and yet you've turned from me and you've gone looking somewhere else. That's exactly what we do in marriage. It's like we try to find it here when he says, man, it's here. And if you've never experienced that in in Christ, man, I tell you, it's the most amazing thing. And if you have, you know what's there. It's like stop trying to find it here. Let me show you another verse. In in Proverbs it says this, in everything you do, he's talking about vertical first, look at this, in everything you do, Put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success.
3: That is a great verse. Yeah, it's awesome. He's yeah. saying,
2: man, put me first, and I'll take care of your life. And again, he's not saying it's going to be perfect and everything's going to be, you know, hunky-dory, I'm happy all the time. He's just saying, man, you put me first, and I'll give you the strength, the perspective, the power, the, the ability to make this work. So here's the question. How? Mm-hmm how do we do this? And so I'll just give you something that we stuck right in the very beginning of the book and it's basically this. Every day, every week, every year I'm going to give you a practice for your marriage and for your walk with God. The first one is this, daily pray together as a couple. And I mean this, maybe you've never done it before in your life. Pray together as a couple. If you're dating, pray together as a dating couple. If you're married, pray together it may be the scariest thing you've never prayed out loud together i'll tell you what this could be your prayer tonight help that's it one word you think that's not a prayer oh my gosh you pray that prayer help jesus is running to help your marriage so it's like every day i'm telling you this will transform your marriage if you every day say we're going to sit down for five minutes and we're going to pray together and some
3: of you are thinking like okay who's going to initiate that is it going to be you and then sometimes you can think well i'm not going to do it unless he does it if, if God prompts this or you feel this even today or tonight, just you be the one to say, hey, I'm just going to say pr- quick prayer for us. And it could be as simple as help. And it could be just, God, help us in our marriage. We need you. That could be how you start.
2: So that's daily. Once a week, you ready for this? Date. We were told at that conference before we got married, you should date as a married couple. And we just laughed. Like, why would you date as a married couple? You're together all the time. We realize now almost four decades later it's something you need to do weekly it doesn't have to cost a lot of money it could be a breakfast a lunch a good dinner you could take your kids to friends and you could swap around but go out once a week and work on this and i'd also say this go to church once a week or get in a small group and do something spiritually together it will literally transform your mind and I'll,
3: I'll tell you something that dave did after that 10-year anniversary that what's was, that i have
2: no idea what it you're was
3: super brave of him we would go out on our date because before we just go on a date and oh. talk about nothing but the kids or work or whatever but then Dave started to say this to me. <clears throat> okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, where are we? That was brave because I could have said a .5 or a 1.
2: She always said a lower number than what I thought because I was basically But then foolish. he
3: would say this. He'd say, how, what do we need to do to get to a higher number? Which I thought was a real humble thing And them. I
2: actually thought, guys, I actually thought this would be a horrible date and it actually made our marriage better. So daily pray together, weekly go out on a date, get, get in a small group, go to church, and then annually... Once a year, go to a marriage retreat. Once a year, invest in your marriage. Take a vacation, but I'm not kidding. Go to a marriage retreat that focuses on this single same thing. Get prepared for marriage, and it will literally change your life. But here's the deal: you've got to go vertical first and put Jesus at the center. And we want to end this with a with a a video that we did years ago. Actually, Ann did. She's the king. No, the queen. Queen. She's the Queen. queen of visuals and she had this unbelievable idea to bring a tandem bike on stage and you're gonna watch but I tell you what if you wanna know what going vertical looks like, it looks like this.
3: I wanna do this last illustration, you know, I'm, you guys can probably tell I'm a visual learner. That's why I did that thing with the brick, last week we had the marble. Well, this week I'm going to have another visual because for me, I feel like in our lives, we're all on this journey of life. And we think we know what will bring us happiness. No matter how old we are, we think if I do these certain things, if I go to the right school and I have the same right friends and I'm, I am marry the right person. Oh, my gosh. So this is my visual this week. Um, this tandem is going to be like our journey of life, right? So here we go. For me.
2: I gotta fix the handlebars. This has literally been hanging up in our garage for 15 years.
3: I bought this with my, I saved pennies and bought it when I was 12 years old. So we're on this journey of life.
2: I still don't know why we have this bike at all in our house.
3: Awesome, look at it. She wants
2: to go get it all fixed up. I'm like, no, please don't.
3: Okay. So, so if I'm not in life, right, I think I know what's going to bring me happiness. So because as long as I'm in control, I'm in the front seat. I know where to go. I know what to do. And I know the things that will make me happy, bring me joy, bring me fulfillment. So I'm on this journey like, okay, this is good. I'm, I'm going to date this guy. I'm going to go to this college. And I'm going there and I'm realizing after a while, have you ever done this? You're like, You're after all your dreams, but when you get some of your dreams, It's exactly what we talked about. I'm thinking that didn't do it. Oh, it just didn't bring me the joy and the fulfillment that I thought it would. And so I'm getting a little frustrated on my journey, but I think okay, I'll try another route. I'll try to go to another path that will bring me joy. And about that time my seven my sister came home from she was living out of state. She was seven years older, and she came home and she said, Anne I'm telling you, I have found the most amazing secret to life, basically. And she said, I have this relationship with Jesus Christ. I've understood now why he came, why he died, that he wants a relationship with us. It's not that we get to heaven on doing the right things. It's being with him in relationship of surrendering your life to him. And as she started talking about that, I knew God in terms of, you know what it was? He was... Elohim to me. I believed. I, if you would ask asked me, am I a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. But I didn't know him. I didn't have a relationship. So when she said that, I said, yes, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. So, Jesus, come on. I want you on this. You're Jesus. Come on, Jesus.
1: You want me
2: in?
3: Yes. <laughs> get on. Like, get on the back.
2: She picked the right guy to play Jesus. Yeah.
3: So, so I'm this journey, right? Like, okay, you ready? We're going. Like, you're going to get me to heaven, right? This is...
2: uh, yeah.
3: Yeah, sure. okay. So, we're going. I think this is awesome. Jesus is with me doing the things. <laughs> but then I start going the same places that I always went. You know, I'm still trying to be in control. I'm the one. And Jesus, like, no, I got this. Like, I know where to go. So, I go to the same path and I'm so frustrated. And now, It's worse because Jesus is on the back and he sees where I'm going. So now I feel guilty. So as I'm going, I think, oh, this is terrible. And I feel this nudging of Jesus and I feel like he's wanting to be here in control taking me on this journey and the more I discover who he is in the word, the more I'm realizing he loves me, he's designed me with a purpose and a plan and what would it look like if I allowed him to be in total and complete control and to lead me on this journey and so I was so scared, I was so scared because I thought, where's he going, what path is he going to take, he might take me to Detroit he might make me marry a pastor (laughs) you know, who knows what he would do
2: he would never do that on
3: (laughs) But I did this prayer. I'm like, all right, Lord, I give you everything. I'm going to put you in total and complete control. I'm going to trust you. It was so scary. But I thought, all right. But it felt good. Like, okay, here we go. I'm like, I'm free. I can let him go wherever we want. We're going. But then after a while, it's all good for a while, right? But then it's like, wait. Why why are we going down this road? Like I do not like that road. I don't I don't want to go down there. It's scary. It's trust risky. Me, trust it's awkward. Me. So then I'm starting I'm starting to look over. I'm like, I'm being the backseat seat driver. Like, no, no no. I never said that I would go there. No, you no, know, I'm gonna help you. Let me help you, Jesus. But I'm trying to get this hang. Like Lord, what no, no, like don't do that. Like, no, here, I'm gonna help you. And, you? <laughs> Have you ever done this? I, I am good at helping Jesus. Like, Jesus, no. And I get so scared, and I want to control it. And he's saying, Ann, trust me. Just go where you, let me take you where I know you will find joy and fulfillment. And this is good, right? Yeah.
1: I didn't know
2: you were going to crawl on my
3: head. <laughs> And I think what happens is when we're back here, it feels scary, and sometimes we don't want to do it. And I think sometimes God is saying, just cling to me. Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes it's so hard that I can't even pedal. And it's almost like I just want to cling to Him, close my eyes, and trust Him for everything. Because this is the scariest position at all. And yet, it's the safest, most wonderful place we could ever be.
0: Before we, get. yeah, what do you guys think? Good stuff, isn't it? I love that tandem bike illustration just because I think it's just a perfect way to look at what Jesus wants to see happen in our lives, where we truly invite Him to take the lead and 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 take us where He wants us to go. Um, and so, so in that vein, before we finish, uh, you're to know, wrap up our service in the next few minutes. We are going to right this moment, because of how we want to end the service, receive our offering. And so ushers, if you guys can go ahead and come on down. Um, And let me just say this, if you're visiting with us, you're here for the first time or two, um, we're just grateful that you're here. Let the basket go by. We're not interested in your money. Um, For those of you that call Kensington home, this is part of our way of letting Jesus have the front seat, is just saying we trust you. We trust you even with our resources. And for those of you that give um, here, thank you so much. For those of you that give online, thank you so much. It keeps us on mission. And, And what a great way to just say to Jesus, Jesus, I trust you even with my finances. So While we're doing that, um, I wanted to just kind of fill you in a little bit on, uh, just tell you a little bit about Myself and my wife, we've been married. Melissa and I have been married for 22 years. Um, We have four kids from ages 16 to 10. And um, having a great marriage uh, is just one of the hardest things that we have ever done. But it's also one of the most incredible experiences of our lives. And so I'll just say this 22 years in, um, we're still learning, we're still growing. We definitely have not arrived, we don't have it all together. But we love being married. Um, I love being married to Melissa. She likes being married to me. I'm okay with that. Um, We we love our family. We love what God is doing in and around us. And, and, And as we look at how we got to where we're at 22 years into marriage and still looking at each other and going, I can't believe we get to do this. Where did that come from? It's like, I just look back and it's because we have a vertical marriage. That's the only thing I can tell you. We have a vertical marriage, just like Dave and Ann taught. uh, When I look at our marriage and how it's so good, it's like we have a foundation uh, that we have built on because God is number one in our life. As a married couple but also as individuals first. When I met Melissa, one of the things that drew me to her was she loved Jesus. She loved Jesus first and foremost. She was devoted to him as a teenager, and so was I. Well, 26 years later, we dated four years, and then we've been married for 22. Um, She's still devoted first to God, and I'm still devoted first to God. And I've shared this before. One of the things that I love is when I walk down in the morning, um, almost every morning she usually gets up before I do, Uh, And most mornings when I walk downstairs, she is on one of our, we have a couch right at the bottom of our stairs and almost every morning she is on our couch and she's typically sitting cross-legged and she's got the Bible uh, over one leg and she's just studying God's word, spending time with God. I'm telling you, it's almost every single morning. um, That's what I find her doing. And this is what I love about seeing her do that because I know that God can fill her up in ways that I can't. Absolutely, 100%. If she is connected with him daily and he is meeting her needs that only he can meet, what I know is then she won't be coming to me to get those needs met. Because when she does that, all it leads to is disappointment. Okay, I'll just tell you, when it comes to to meeting all of Melissa's needs, I'm a disappointment. Aren't you glad you're not married to me, right? It's like I'm just a disappointment in that area. I think one of the biggest takeaways for me... um, from today and I hope that you can grab onto this is your spouse isn't designed to meet all your needs God did not design your spouse to fulfill every part of you um, and make you feel whole and loved and completely cherished and do all of those things that he's designed them to meet some of those needs but not all of them and so one of the secrets of a great marriage is when you're getting your soul needs met from God and you're filled up by him it relieves the pressure on your spouse to be perfect And I'll just tell you, when I see Melissa spending time with God, I feel a sense of relief. I feel a sense of relief when I walk down the stairs because she's not going to lean on me and expect me to fill these things that I can't fill. When she goes vertical first, I want you to listen to this because I'm going to say it twice. When she goes vertical first, it increases her commitment to me and decreases her expectations of me. Now listen to what I'm saying. When she goes vertical first, it increases her commitment to me and it decreases her expectations of me. Wouldn't you love some of that in your marriage? More commitment and less expectation of perfection. And when I spend time with God in the morning, which I do almost every morning in our, uh, during, during the work week in our 246 building, um, I, I spend time with him in my office. Um, it does the same for me. Because I'm praying for Melissa. It increases my commitment to her and decreases my expectations of her to the point where when I have, Melissa and I are having problems, we have problems once a year, okay, we're pastors. No, I'm just kidding. We, we have problem, When we have issues and we have problems in our marriage, who do you think I'm going to first? You can say it oh, odd. Who am I going to first when we have issues? God, I'm going vertical first. I'm saying, God, help me. I might be seeing this wrong. God help me, my expectations might be out of whack. God help me, you need to talk to that woman, right? You know, it's like, a, say that to God, i want to say that to her. But I go to God first, why? Because he's the source of living water. She's not. She's not where I'm going to get filled up on a soul level. And so I go, God, I need your wisdom. God, I need your help. God, where am I blowing it right now? Because I'm just not getting this, this isn't working. And so... The best thing we can do for each other is to go vertical in all of our relationships. It reminds me of this verse that just says uh, where Jesus is saying, he says, look, you're the, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me um, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And I will just tell you, I want fruit in my marriage. I want, I want to experience all the blessings that God says marriage can bring. And you do that by what? Going vertical. So for some of you, um, the first step you need to take on your journey is you need to go vertical, maybe for the first time where you invite Jesus into your life. And you invite him to be the Lord of your life. And you say, God, I believe that you sent your son here to die for me, to pay for my sins. I've heard it for a lot of times in my life, but maybe today for the first time you get it, I want you to invite Jesus into your life. Maybe today's your day. Today's your day to cross the line of faith and, and go vertical for the first time. Maybe that's where you're at. There's not a better day than today. If you're feeling that tug on your heart, do that over the next few minutes. Just invite Jesus in. Maybe um, you resonate with that illustration that we just watched um, where, where, you know what? Um, you're in the driver's seat. And Jesus is inviting you uh, to let him have the driver's seat. Like you're, but you're, you're like, hey, Jesus, you stay back there. I'm going to go where I want to go. And you just, you just, I like that you're along for the ride, but I got this. You know. And maybe that's you. And you need to invite him into the front seat of, of your life to lead and to guide. Um, and maybe that's what you need to do today. Maybe it's just kind of inviting. Maybe it's getting out of your front seat and letting Jesus kind of take the wheel. song about that somewhere. Um, you know, it's just doing one of those things. It's like because my mom always said it. I love how she put it. She said, God's a gentleman. He only comes in when he's invited. And maybe you need to make the invitation. Jesus, t- take my life. I need your help. Take my marriage. Take my life. And, th- and then I have, I have one more one more thought that I want to share before I pray for us. Um, maybe in you, maybe you're in a marriage that um, is, in your words, and maybe you feel like it's fully dead. It is. It's it's been taken off life support. It's been been pulled. The plug's been pulled. And you don't know what you're going to do. And, and your spouse might not even know that that's where you're at. I just want to say this. One of the beautiful things about going vertical first is that God's in the business of breathing life into dead things. God's in the business of resurrecting the dead. And if you're in a dead marriage, God can not only save it, he can breathe life into it and it can become a thriving marriage. And that's what he wants to do in every single one of us in here over the next four weeks. He wants to take our relationships, especially our marriages. And if it's, if it's good, he wants to make them great. If they're on life support, he wants to breathe life into them. But it starts with going vertical. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for um, this morning. Um, God, thank you that you have brought us uh, to a place where we can just hear your voice on a weekly basis, where you can just speak to us. Um, God, thank you for uh, the way that you designed marriage to be so difficult, but so rewarding and connect us on a soul level. And Lord, I thank you that you are... um, a spring filled with living water and that when we come to you, our thirst can be quenched. We don't have to go horizontal to get, those, get our thirst quenched. We can go vertical and you can quench that thirst and then we can actually give and serve and build a life horizontally with somebody else that has a foundation that's based on you. And so Lord, I pray right now for those that are in the room. And this is their day where they're going to invite you into their life for the first time. God, would you just enter in like a mighty rushing wind and bring new life and new hope and new vision and dreams and forgiveness and all the things that come with a relationship with you. Lord, for those of us in the room that have a, have a good marriage, Lord, I pray that we would pursue greatness this series, that we would not um, be stuck in good, but that we would strive for great by going to you first and then working really hard on the horizontal. And you're going to give us tools throughout this series. Lord, help us to listen. And God, for those of us in here who are in a dead marriage, Lord, would you begin the process right now of bringing life to it. I love you, God. We love you. We know you can do what we can't. So I ask you to do that. Lord, thank you for today. We praise you. We're excited about what you're doing and what you're going to do. And I thank you in advance for that in your holy name. Amen. Would you stand up with me? We're going to close out by singing a song about the promises of God and how all of his promises, his answer when we ask for those promises to be fulfilled are yes and amen.